Welcome back. We have another episode ready and I'm really excited to speak to our guest today. I didn't really think he was going to join me because sometimes <laughs> when, you know, you admire people on the internet, it's it's hard to tell if they will respond. It never it never turns out the way you imagine those people to be. Exactly. You yeah, you might think one thing about them and then something completely yeah. different happens. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm really glad to be joined by Adil and you know, he's I feel like you're just somebody I really admire on the internet i really like thank you so much and i like your general just vibe the way you come across is really admirable so thank you so much for joining us um adil is a musician i feel like that's correct uh but yes. on a wider scale i just think you come across as a very creative person as well um so just to start off with maybe you can tell us why like why music why did you get into it um there's no real answer for why but i can tell you the how sure um, we'll do the how <laughs> so music kind of just happened to me i was my family is not into music uh, there have been no musicians in my family other than myself so what uh, happened was um, my so you know when i was a teenager Uh, I have an older brother and he's about uh, a few years older than me and he used to listen to uh, you know western rock music and I didn't I had no idea about that kind of music till I was about 14 15 years old so when I was 12 I kind of used to you know think that my brother is listening to some sort of noise or some sort of nonsense <laughs> because I had no idea about the culture about how you know how english rock music sounds like but um as older brothers are he kind of forced me to listen to his music the, the the stuff that he was listening to and you know we didn't have playlists and spotify then we had uh, uh, we had cassette recorders and uh, you know walkman sony walkman that that's what we used to use so yeah so um so i i listened to some of the music and it and i was like okay this is cool this is nice and then he showed me some concerts and uh, and then when i saw those guitar players like like guns and Ro- like you know bands like guns and roses and iron maiden i was like whoa that's that looks so much cooler than you know shahrukh khan dancing in bollywood songs <laughs> and i'm i'm sorry i feel like shahrukh khan fans will violently disagree with you but yeah shahrukh khan is cool by the way absolutely and he's yeah. yeah and he's great at what he does it's just you know like i like other stuff yeah you like the appeal of the rock genre and you know what you've reminded me about the nostalgia of 90s just the the era that 90s 2000s the way that we were influenced to listen to music because yeah. if i'm being quite honest like i grew up in quite a sort of standard bengali household and a lot of my earliest memories of music was my mom you know put me in like classical music lessons to to learn how to sing but my introduction to western music was from like parar concert where uh, like random you know older dadas who wanted to form a band they would get on yeah. a stage usually during durga puja during kali puja and they would sing not western rock songs they would sing uh, bangla rock yeah. or they would sing fossils yeah. but that's such a i don't know if anybody growing up now really realizes what that era felt like because you were influenced by your immediate surroundings you know like what people yeah. around you would listen to like you said um and then from there yeah i i definitely got into oh i listened to so much like guns and roses metallica iron maiden and that was such a great phase and i feel like it was um it was more genuine i think now sometimes with music people 
listen to whatever seems popular sometimes. Whereas back in the day, I think people would listen to what they really enjoyed and then they would share that. Or, you know, you might have a different kind of view on that. Um, actually, I feel back in the day, uh, the popular music was good music because there wasn't a lot of music. Music was very well curated, I think, in the 80s and the 90s because there were labels. And although, you know, we know about all the, you know, the things that labels do when they exploit artists and this and that and everything. While that was there, there was also a lot of quality control. There were good musicians and anybody who was in, say, the top 10, they, they all had good songs. Uh, and it was not that easy to publish music and there there wasn't a lot of music then uh, compared to now. There was a lot of music, but then right now, like anybody with the microphone at home can record a song and release it on the same platform as, a, you know, as a Lady Gaga or a Dua Lipa on the same, you know, on the same streaming uh, sites. But at that time to be a, a proper published artist, you needed to have contact somebody would need to scout you and and I think as musicians growing up during that time that put a lot of a sense of you know like we wanted to be better like we wanted to uh, make music so that we could impress people and, and our quality was the motivation for us to you know get noticed right so yeah, so we thought that, you know, we can't just take out music. Like right now, what I see is a lot of kids who are doing music right now, making original music, which is great. A lot of, lot of them are amazing. But a lot of them know that it's very easy to, you know, just shoot a video and be out there. And, you know, um, and being viral is very, apparently very common right now. And it didn't exist then. In fact, YouTube also came a little later. So even our access to music videos was through, uh, you know, like, video CDs and DVDs and stuff like that. Yeah. Or MTV and VH1. Oh my God. Yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah, I think access has increased. And uh, for that reason, there is a lot, there are so many more options that people have to listen to right now. So they're not really, you know, they, they're maybe not getting the really, really good ones. Fair enough. And I mean, so from the time that you were influenced by your brother, how did that go further into you becoming, you know, your own musician, like finding your own songs that you enjoy making your own music? How, how did that happen? Oh, yeah. So um, so when when I saw these people playing the guitar and I was like, OK, this looks like something I really want to do. It looks interesting. And I've always been like this nerdy technical kind of a guy, like since I was a kid, uh, like I was into science and like building things and stuff like that. So I kind of looked at the guitar as like a, a machine that I need to figure out in the beginning. So I was like, oh, I want to figure out how they take out those sounds, how they sound like that. Yeah. And it, it started like that. Uh, so then I, I started, you know, I, 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 I bugged my mom to get me a guitar and I got this little uh, kid's guitar. But, um, you know, the moment I got it, I kind of felt an immediate connect with the instrument. I could play it immediately. I didn't really need a lot of... Uh, training i i did a few classes with a few people but then i think three months into guitar playing i was already playing by myself uh because i think i was so curious about how it works and for that reason i was like you know i want to be so when i would hear say a guns and roses song i would be like i want to play this and i want to play it perfectly and you know uh, and i want to figure out everything of how slash does his thing and it started as like a nerdy thing and then I kind of, you know, I started enjoying the music as I, as I was picking up the songs. 
and then you know the art of playing uh, you know a lot of it is very mechanical and then you know and then later on you you get to appreciate you know how melody works and and you know the whole creative side actually comes a little slightly uh, it's supposed to be parallel but slightly later like when you start off with an instrument it's it's just like you know it's very boring in the beginning hmm. but for me it was interesting because i looked at it as a science and stuff like that uh and then i started enjoying the songs and and of course when i would listen to songs uh, like other people's songs i was like oh i recognize how they're playing that so it became like a game for me and then you know i just uh, very earlier on as soon as i started playing in fact uh, as soon as i could play a few chords i always thought that you know now i want to be on stage so that was something yeah. that was always yeah there was something that was always there in me like i wanted to perform and not just sit at home and play and i was used to uh, you know public speaking in school and uh, quiz and and you know i was used to the stage it wasn't like it was it, it wasn't new to me when i first played guitar on stage so i was like okay this time i i do want to take my instrument on stage so yeah so i wanted to be a musician immediately after i started playing uh, the instrument okay but let's be real for a second okay uh we both grew up in india where the average person is expected to get a dead end 9 to 5 office job and they're expected to get married to somebody to settle down to buy a house to buy a car to have a very you know i think and i'm not trying to criticize why indian parents want that because i think our parents just want to protect us and and they want the best for us how did you convince you know your loved ones and how were they not terrified of the path that <laughs> you are interested in um i think it can it, it all happened so fast uh they didn't they didn't understand what was happening so <laughs> i started <laughs> as soon as i was like 14 or 15 uh i joined a band i joined my school band and immediately i got exposed to a lot of musicians and which is one of uh, which is a very good thing about uh my city calcutta because there are so many musicians and everyone's friends with everybody like if if you're a new if you're a new like if you've just started playing an instrument and you say take classes from one of the popular guitar players or piano teachers here you immediately have access to the entire uh, music community uh which is how i met a lot of you know friends and you know everyone was and that's the good thing about kids who grew up in the 90s like we were all we were always excited about doing something so you know we want to oh we, my god i'm so glad <laughs> you brought that up because you know what nowadays i just like when people are still creative right and people still put out projects and stuff but i do think people are more afraid whereas all you need to do you know if you go to your facebook timeline you go back a couple of years we kids in the 90s tried everything and yeah. we we just wanted to do we wanted to make stuff and and yeah some of it might seem a bit cringe or a bit embarrassing sometimes but yeah. that spirit was definitely there like everybody wanted to create something and i think that was very infectious uh, many yeah. people were influenced by other people as well so yeah calcutta definitely like can you tell me how calcutta plays a role in like influencing you as a musician um first of all access uh calcutta when i was growing up there were live bands that you could go see yeah. which is not very common even today in many cities in india uh although live bands do play everywhere now but calcutta had a some place else where bands would play 7 days a week yeah and we would sneak in as kids and we we would get to see like face to face we we would uh 
we would see these amazing music and some of the best musicians of the country have played on that stage and they used to play like every wednesday and every tuesday so it was so we i, I could actually you know imagine my future of what i wanted to be and i could see it in front of my eyes when i would go to some place else or say a college concert or a school in fact even uh, when i was growing up um if a school or a college uh, had uh, like a festival or like some sort of uh, event going on they always called uh, live bands the whole the whole performing dj thing came a little slightly later uh, after i think i was 18 or something like that so wherever i went if there was a performance there was always a live band so that kind of also was a huge factor uh, in influencing me to you know try to achieve that because uh, like when i was 15 my goal was to you know play at, in at some place else every say friday night i really i really wanted to do that of course times have changed from then but you know i could see what i wanted to become yeah definitely and uh speaking of you know like we were talking about kids in the 90s and kids today another thing that we had when we were growing up was there was this whole uh making teams and groups thing which was very common then like people wanted to do things together but what i've noticed today is that kids want to do things themselves like um i, I teach a few Uh, like some people guitar and music and i encourage them to form bands and you know meet other musicians but they'd rather you know sit at home and do everything by themselves and you know which is amazing which is awesome like some great musicians come out that way but for us it was like uh, you know we need five people we need to make a group we need to you know we need to have friends who talk about us the, the whole the whole idea of community was a lot more when i was growing up Absolutely and the wonderful thing is now when i look at the city some of the people i really admire uh, whether they are making films or they do photography or they do fashion styling they started out doing the same role but in a group context like the people mm-hmm. who directed films and they styled their friends in university or college have now yeah. translated that into a full-time job but it began from that very organic place of just wanting to help other people out and exactly. that can be great you know because yeah when you're trying to do something by yourself it's really valuable but the stakes are lower when you have fun with other people and you can just be yeah. yourself and you might you know take risks a bit more because i think it can get a bit lonely when you're trying to do really big things by yourself yeah and i think um i think i always work better in a group although i do like my time alone when i'm doing my own stuff when i'm mixing or uh, you know things like that or when i'm trying to create something but i like the idea that i can call up my friends and tell them that you know oh i i i got this really cool idea for a song let's meet and then we meet at at a rehearsal space and then we you know just you know bounce ideas off each other and we come up with something uh, together yeah i really i really like that process and i think that has worked for me and it still does i mean that's how i make music even if i'm making something that is just for myself i will ask my friends who are musicians or people or even who aren't musicians like my 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 family are like my first critics like they get to listen to everything that i do and they're like oh this sounds nice and this sounds terrible so that kind of also helps and i'm okay with that i don't want to be you know like very uh, closed and you know very secretive and then just come out with the product i would rather you know let people listen to what i'm doing and you know just m- make it more what can i say 
spread out. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> Fair enough. But obviously, we're talking about the time when you were starting out, and you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, about uh, the parents, family, and mm. you confused them with your success. <laughs> you just did it so quickly. You didn't give them. Yeah, it, it actually happened very quickly. So I never had to, uh, you know, figure out whether I want a job or not, because I started playing professionally as a musician since I was sixteen. Right. And right, yeah. although it it yeah and although it was never like up until I was say in second year of college I didn't make a lot of money but I was still making a little money which was big for us then. Sure. So I would take care of my own expenses and you know uh, you, I didn't have to ask my parents for anything ever since I was 16. So they were like they were kind of uh, happy that you know I could take care of myself and my parents have always been supportive anyway. and uh, the fact that i and i was a good student so then they didn't mind and you know so i got into engineering and while i was in college uh, my band my current band underground authority we kind of you know just exploded on the scene in india uh, all of a sudden and it and from there you know after my parents saw me on tv and they saw that you know he can go places with what he's doing and then when i came back i had a lot of uh, you know a lot of bookings and i could tell them that you know see this is equivalent to say an engineering job which you would want me to have after 2 years they were like okay cool you can do this fair enough look so i don't want to seem creepy but i have actually seen you in person at jvu in 2014 oh, yes. i one of my friends was studying like english literature or something but you were on campus and you were just surrounded by like a group and some people were talking to you but some people were just staring at you i'm just going to put that out there Did that um, really happen <laughs> <laughs> yes it definitely happened and um i because i obviously live here so I, sometimes i don't really know exactly everything that happens back in kolkata so i asked one of my friends like oh who, who is that guy and they were like oh that's adil he's a guitarist he's really talented and then i like looked you up um <laughs> and that's how i came across like the music that you guys make with um, underground authority which was what i was about to ask you about next um you have clearly you know you've done so much with the band but you still made that decision to study at university um would you recommend that like looking back are you happy that you made that decision pros cons Yes, I uh, I would I would recommend people. Uh, I would say that you know it's very important to have a very you know conventional education, and uh, it's important because and it's like you know it's important because of times like today, like the pandemic has destroyed the artistic community. There is nothing that we have nothing right now, and a lot of people, a lot of people who have been professionals in art. just because they had a little bit of education and they they went to college they can now get jobs and it i think survival is more important than anything else it is more important than expression uh, at least uh, f- for a time being and uh, you know people have to be real about what they do i mean you cannot be delusional just because you're an artist and i am seeing that today right now because even though i have uh, Uh, you know successfully uh, you know managed to keep my uh, music uh, you know my career I have, i have managed to keep you know i have managed to 
play music successfully as a career for over 10 years now actually for over 12 13 years now today i have hit a wall and uh, money is a huge thing so that's why i have started other things and my education has really helped me the fact that i am an engineer has now helped me now um, i may not go for like a conventional 9 to 5 job but that's the luxury that i have because uh, you know because i did well with music and i saved up so i can do something else maybe that gives me money which can be related to music or not but a lot of people you know they are daily wage earners and they are musicians and it it's it's not i don't think it's cool to not you to to drop out of school i it it doesn't really it doesn't help you as a musician so i and you know and it does keep you sharp i mean if you study something else other than music i mean in my opinion it really helps it keeps you distracted uh, it keeps you know it keeps it keeps you sharp you the, i'm the kind of person who i i cannot i like to learn about a lot of things at the same time so i i would certainly recommend you know not quitting school yeah fair enough and mm-hmm. sometimes you know we we're told just two polar opposite life choices one choice is you follow the 9 to 5 and you just go down that route the other choice is you become a prodigy when you're 10 years yeah. old and you have like a yeah. a mozart sort of life where yeah. you just play music your entire life but obviously times have changed and i think what you bring up about the pandemic is so relevant we should be able to have a hybrid where we make choices yeah. and yeah. we can look after ourselves but we don't have to give up on everything that we love um exactly but in terms of so your journey we were talking about underground authority and that seems like it has been such a crazy ride for you guys uh, you oh, have yeah. such a platform you have so many fans so many of my friends from kolkata and outside of kolkata i have friends in uh, delhi mumbai who are such huge fans of you guys um what does that really feel like to have people know who you are to have people love your music that must be a priceless feeling it is it it feels great um it's something that happened to me very early on in life and uh, i you know it it still feels awesome i mean it's been so many years and even you know i still feel a little nervous when i'm going up on stage because you know and you know it feels nice when someone appreciates uh, what i do and you know when they specifically come and tell me that you know oh i really liked what you did in that song uh, so that's just i think um this is one of the best things about you know being a performing artist that you get appreciation and you can and it always feels good it never feels bad i mean those people who complain about fans being too annoying it's a real thing i know that happens people can get uh, overbearing but it always feels nice the end result is always positive that's good and mm-hmm. i mean recently something that you spoke about because i think all of us know that the views and the opportunities that you get are really amazing um but you recently spoke about well you posted a couple of weeks ago about like a a a slight argument that you had with somebody else who's a musician and you spoke about like how uh in terms of giving somebody credit for the work that they do um okay. this is something you know in in an industry people who are not from that industry they might really struggle when somebody else has worked with them and not given them due credit or somebody has taken advantage of them um why did you think it was important for you to to share that with with other people um to be very honest what happened with me is very common it happens to 
every other musician that I know of. And it's not the first time that it has happened with me. Uh, and uh, uh, by the way, the conflict that you're talking about that I posted about a few weeks ago, that has been resolved. The person in question did get in touch with me and uh, cleared whatever my dues were, which, which is nice. But then, you know, it had to go till there. Is on. Mm. I generally don't post about these things, about these personal things that happened, but uh, because another friend of mine was involved, and and I also got to know that the same person who uh, didn't pay me for my work uh, did the same thing with a few other people. So then I felt that it was important that I I speak about it. Mm, but then this if is there's a, if there's a pattern developing, and yeah. you you want to be able to say something about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, but then I've realized over the years that this is a very common thing. And uh, although music is amazing, the music industry is terrible. Uh, people are sharks. And uh, the the bigger the artist, they are potentially more dangerous. And like, uh, you know, they're like, they're like hawks. They want to take things from you. They want to get work out of you. And uh it's 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 as uh, toxic as the film industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know how the film industry in India is, and the music industry isn't any different. Uh, the only good thing is that um, if you if you're good at what you do, yeah. there's a little demand for your services. Fair. Other than that, uh, but then you have to be, and you know, you these experiences only make you smarter. In fact, on a national level, um, with working with a big name, I have experience, I which was my first experience with this kind of behavior. Uh, working with a big name, this was many years ago. I recorded an entire song and I sent it to them, and I told them, you know, what my fees uh, was and everything, and then nothing. I, I got nothing in return, so I. I kind of reached out to another industry senior and I asked him, uh, Ki, this has happened to me. Like, I mean, uh, can you help me out? And the person said, you know, this happens. I can't do anything about it. All I can do is, you know, I can just offer you more work because I like what you do. Right. And then he said, you know, and then th- that person told me that even if Shah Rukh Khan calls you for work, don't just do it. Take your money first. So, that's so, good advice. Yeah, I think that's good advice. So because of that, you know, if somebody is a newbie, right? If somebody is where you were, let's say six, seven years ago, um, what would you, what kind of advice would you give them about how to not have a really tough time? Because I think music comes from such a vulnerable place. When something goes wrong, you, I think it hurts you more because you've created something from, you know, it's not a Word document. It's not an online yeah. file. It, it, you know, it, it's a piece of your creativity. So how do you think um, somebody new to the industry should navigate the industry? Um, uh, in my experience, I have tried uh, explaining to a, a few younger musicians. They don't seem to understand. And I completely uh, relate to that because I didn't understand either. Like, And I think experience is the only uh, way that people will understand how things work because when you're a young musician and you suddenly get recognized and you know people who you've admired want to work with you it it's a different feeling and at that point of time you don't want to do anything else and it still happens to me today I mean recently I've uh, I worked with a very big uh, artist in India and you know even I was like okay you know what I'm just gonna do the work first and and you know that I still felt like that 
you know 20 year old kid who did the same thing so many years ago uh, although this time i wasn't duped so that i'm lucky i guess but 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 yeah but i get it because uh, the ten- the natural tendency of an artist is to just you know make sure that their stuff goes out there and we don't think about this other business side so much but it is important to and i think with experience because when you deal with um, so what happens is uh, people get enamored by these larger than life characters that they they've seen on screen or on stage but if you, and if you have just one interaction with them you still you're still starstruck so you kind of listen to everything they say and you want to you know impress them and be around them but if you spend a little time with these people you understand that they're just human and yeah. you know they're they're like everybody else and they have their shortcomings and i think once you see that in these heroes and these stars uh, then you can kind of deal with them in a more uh, realistic manner and i think yeah uh, it takes time and i what i would tell young musicians is that you know just make sure you know what's going on it's okay if you don't get paid for one or two things in the beginning because that's how that's how this industry works also you kind of have to prove yourself a little bit sometimes here and there and you know people expect you to you know be amazing and blow and they want to be blown away by what you do and then they want to put the money uh, money on the table and that's how it works so i wouldn't say that you know start asking for money before people have even know anything about you go do your work but you know keep in your head keep like kind of a limit as to how much you'll give before mm-hmm. you can start asking for things okay Uh, something that you brought up earlier and because we were talking about your journey i didn't want to interrupt was the viral you mentioned the word viral and um somebody that i went to university with he runs his own like marketing agency now and he said that actually nowadays some musicians who work in you know like the popular genre like pop and stuff hmm. um they are changing the hook of the song so that it shows up at the beginning um because yeah. nowadays videos usually play the beginning part of a song and then that specific part becomes viral like the viral section of a song yeah. is so short now that it's changing yeah. the way that people put music out there and that it gave me mixed feelings because on the one hand I was like wow I'm I, I'm glad that musicians are being creative and innovative but some songs i i just can't imagine for example like bohemian rhapsody being such mm-hmm. a long song how can you you know take a masterpiece and cut it to like a 10 second tiktok clip or you know something you would share on instagram as a reel mm-hmm. um how do you feel about like the rise of social media does that affect the creative process um i think i think it's a good thing because i have learned so much over the years and i kind of understand how uh, people make songs the way that you just explained you know with those you know the hooks in the beginning and short hooks and i think it's important to keep up with the times because um even when a bohemian rhapsody came out they were doing something that was extremely new uh, compared to what was happening in the 60s right so that was the viral content then so um and i wouldn't say that quality has gone down i think every era has its own masterpieces master pie no masterpieces, sorry <laughs> yeah well, yeah we can put it that way master pies <laughs> so yeah so, so i think yeah um and you know one thing i realized is that great songs from any era kind of survive the test of time there you know people still go back to queen 
still go back to Led Please. Zeppelin to yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson and it keeps coming back and you know it even reflects in music today like Bruno Mars and Weekend and these people they are trying to bring back what was there in the 70s like you know the whole funk and disco that kind of stuff and 80s pop is coming back which is great like which is my favorite uh, you know era of music uh, 80s pop rock and stuff like that it's coming back and i think you know it kind of rotates so and uh, this the whole idea of you know these one minute songs and these uh, this viral content thing i think it's great because it it's kind of pushed me to think in a different way also i used to make 6 minute songs 5 years ago and now i'm thinking okay i need to make 3 minute songs i need to have a, a hook and i i want i want you know people who've been listening to me for 10 years i want them to appreciate it because and i want to keep those elements and at the same time i want new i want new followers as well so yeah it keeps me on my toes i like new trends it, i in fact had an argument on facebook with uh, another older musician about this same thing like we were talking about uh, you know music from the 80s and the 90s and and what music has become today and i'm kind of in the middle like in the transitional period like my whole career has been in the middle like i started out uh, playing professionally when bands had a completely different goal for what they wanted to do with their careers and now it's completely different so i've seen the change and i was i was trying to explain that you know it's nice that there is new music because new music really you know helps us uh, you know think more than what a lot of people are stuck in their little boxes and the person i was speaking to was stuck in a box and it it became this argument and he was like you know every music everything that's come out after 95 is terrible and i was like but no i mean that's but then everything is terrible that's <laughs> you know stuff like that and like you know new music sucks and i was like you know i'm sure people from the 60s would have said that about you how would you feel because you came in the 80s and then he was like oh no you kids don't know anything i'm like no we are on the same platform we are both you know musicians and we've been called to speak about something it it was like a talk show kind of a thing and so you know you should you should i mean i think we shouldn't be so closed off i mean i appreciate what you do and i love music from the era that you're talking about but then if i i would be stupid if i said that everything that came out after the music i like is silly is bad music yeah, yeah it's just bad music it's just terrible <laughs> yeah and sometimes that reminds me of the way that people are a bit judgmental about genres like people say yeah. oh if you listen to this type of genre you're a trash person and you have bad taste because music is so personal right and whatever brings a person joy um like for a long time i used to have i mean i have friends who uh work as musicians like part time and they used to say oh edm is trash right but then i have friends who love edm and they go to edm festivals and they buy edm albums and they support edm artists so it feels quite judgmental to say this is bad and you know whatever i like is good stuff so yeah i think the whole mic- genre thing only made sense when you know music magazines used to come out and they had to sell cd's and you know they had to write you know they had to stack them in different sections of the store i think that's the only place where genre actually only made sense and right now everything is everything and it's good uh, we, you can have an affinity for a certain kind of music like i personally love 80s rock music and like to put a little bit of that influence into everything that i do but but you know i make modern music i have a project that makes electronic music uh, which is called paloma nadal i have uh, a project that makes like bollywood rock songs and i have uh, like you know i play in other places i have a project that does like serious like instrumental music and i enjoy all of it equally 
and i i like to mix things up like in my band underground authority over the last 5 years i've started uh, putting in elements of edm music because there are certain things that is so cool about it and I, and i understand why people like it and i want to use those things in my music and people should be a little more open that way it it it's it makes the whole music creating process a lot more fun and you don't get bored of your own stuff and it's very easy to get bored of what you make and it's happened to me a lot and if you keep learning new things and if you follow uh you know if like something as simple as you know uh, say a, a drop in an EDM song is something that i learned about very much later in my music career or music life journey whatever uh, but then I, i like the ideas of it so much i put it in rock songs and it kind of became a thing and uh that my whole band sound went towards that electronic rock uh, kind of uh, space and we like it that way now like we we haven't gone back to the the you know the classic only uh, you know played instruments kind of rock thing now we have this whole dance element to our music as well and uh, yeah i think it's great everybody should you know like listen to everything and if you don't like you don't like it's okay no problem there is there are songs and there are kinds of music that i don't i wouldn't want to listen to all the time but it's okay just give everything a chance yeah fair enough um so i tend to bring up slightly side topics or topics that guests get a little bit surprised about because i do a lot of digging okay when i when i say i want to speak to somebody i will go through their wall i will check their posts <laughs> and then what do they talk about and i think you'll be okay talking about this but if you're not you know we will obviously edit yeah, it out of course that's fine sure you are one of the few people on my timeline who is very honest about how your identity and the things that matter to you come out through like political events right so the way that you speak about the muslim community and the way that you recently spoken about um israel palestine i think for some reason like with people in my generation um either we don't think it's important enough sometimes to speak about it or we're just afraid which so oh, i'm not going to speak about it and i don't like talking about it um and you know this it's slightly separate from your journey as a musician but i still think you know you are you you're the entire human right so mm-hmm. it's not about picking parts of you that are presentable and you know not discussing other parts right. why do you feel like it's important to raise awareness about you know topics that you care about as well um i think that comes from uh my identity as a muslim and uh, i have uh, just i told you before that i like to learn about a lot of things yeah uh so like uh i like to learn about how things work so i have also over the last say 10 11 years i i wanted to learn about history and how you know um religion is something that i've uh, i've uh, i've studied about and and not just my own like others like i've uh, i've learned about judaism about christianity hinduism and uh, it's kind of an interesting topic and um i like to speak about these things because uh, i think two main reasons one because it is my responsibility as a muslim to do so and because there are there it's like a specific instruction that uh, like a muslim has to do anything that he or she can against oppression and uh, of any kind uh, oppression is forbidden uh, like on muslims and you know 
uh, and we are supposed to speak up or if we can physically do something about it we're supposed to be able to do something about it so that kind of uh, is the main reason why i want to speak about these things and also awareness uh, i have most of my friends are non muslim mm-hmm. and i have grown up around non muslims and uh, they are like some of my closest uh, best friends and they don't even know i mean for them muslims are biryani and uh, you know eid and you know th- th- these th- this guy doesn't drink this guy doesn't eat pork that's about it they don't know about like most people don't even know the history or they don't even know what the israel palestine conflict is about and whether it's a it's a religious issue or if whether it's a human rights issue they they have no idea and um, since i have access to so many people and i and people uh, kind of tend to interact with my posts and people listen to me sometimes i think it's more of a responsibility and i should speak about these things so yeah so that's yeah. the main reason yeah i mean yeah i think like the with the israel palestine conflict uh there are people who say okay it's political and and we shouldn't speak about it but also when people are genuinely dying right i just don't think you can say i'm i'm not going to speak about that because if it was happening to other communities like if there was a community yeah. in france dying if there was a community in uh, the united states who were at risk like we know with yeah. for example yeah. like 911 it gets enough coverage it gets enough people talking it's been translated into movies tv shows and it's it lives in the public consciousness the public memory yeah. um yeah. so it's it's really unfair that some human rights issues are given more attention than others but i just wanted to to say that i think it's very commendable and i i do think people will find a lot of value because you could have chosen right to just show yourself as a musician online and then just keep keep it to that yeah. stuff about you and it wouldn't have affected anything else you could have just done the jobs that you do make the money that you make and whatever yeah. you feel personally you wouldn't have spoken up about it but the fact that it you have it in fact would have been uh, in fact i have faced situations in my professional life where i have been advised not to be critical of the government and about these issues and in fact there was a very huge uh, business opportunity about a comp- uh, with some people associated with uh, you know um, countries like israel and uh, you know st- stuff like that and people who were sympathetic to the other side i mean you know the whole right. um and i have actively you know de- declined and i have said you know i've been i've chosen to be uh, you know i've i've chosen to hold my ground as far as my opinions are concerned mm-hmm. so uh i i think you know uh, success and you know i've been even advised by sometimes my family to to not be so outspoken because people know me and it could be dangerous or what or things like that but but you know i think you know it no amount of money is worth you know losing your you know losing your conscience it's so yeah. yeah and and the only reason why people choose not to speak about it is actually two reasons one is because they have they they, they tend to gain something from not speaking about these things or being quiet about certain things or about speaking about the other side or they are just to you know they 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 are they they are under this uh, notion i mean they have this thing in their head that they want to only uh, worry about themselves and this whole individualistic thing which is very common these days and uh, since i've been 
doing a little reading it's kind of not really good for community as a whole where people are only concerned about themselves and you know they they're overprotective about their immediate surroundings and they don't look at you know the community as a whole uh and we all tend to do that of course we we care about our families first and our friends first and then anybody else but then uh <clears throat> since i've been learning about how that negatively impacts society i've actively you know been kind of been uh trying to you know think about people who i don't know personally a little yeah. more that and yeah i guess like i know this is this is your interview but i'm just going to quickly say that um coming from a hindu family and growing up in kolkata i with regret i do admit that my knowledge of the muslim community was very much it was shahrukh khan actually um you know his visibility uh, in the industry um it was biryani it was pak circus and <laughs> it it sort of you know it, it was limited um yeah. but i actually so in the uk i work in a school and i teach a muslim majority school and that school is associated with a mosque in our area and 2 years ago i was invited to their kind of eid special you know when they end ramadan and they were celebrating eid and they invited me and some other teachers for a meal um they said a prayer for us they showed us their you know all the rooms in the mosque they gave us a copy of the quran and i was so touched by the gesture and it was just such a beautiful invitation to learn about um how ramadan feels like a process the spiritual side of it and but then when i told my you know extended family or family friends about it i i'm you know just going to be really honest here i have a lot of extended family friends who i'm not really very close with who have sort of anti muslim sentiments sometimes and yeah. they would say oh mosque ki ye ki kollo tumi keno quran enecho stuff like that okhane keno gacho so what you said is so true that if we don't go beyond our community being pro muslim doesn't make me any less of you know i'm not necessarily very religious but it doesn't take anything away from hinduism and exactly. for them as well i think it was i really enjoyed getting to tell them okay as somebody who comes from a hindu background i'm so grateful for this opportunity to see how beautiful a mosque is and just building that community and like you said so many of your friends are non muslims and it they know you as a real person you're not just a muslim as a black exactly. and white you know cartoon or caricature which sometimes the media like to you know they portray yeah. people as certain aspects it's not a quick quick and easy solution to issues like this unfortunately but people we just have to keep you know speaking about these things and and i think that's really the way to create relationships because even you there's no point in you saying okay i will only vouch for muslim issues like you said you, yeah. you do not stand for oppression and when it comes to palestine something people forget about is there are palestinian jews there are palestinian christians yes. and yes um they they're still you know in danger so speaking about in fact that, in our own in our own country in india so many like every community is oppressed in some way or the other yeah and it's happening all over the country right now more than ever <clears throat> and it is something that i like i uh, actively speak about and um and you know and i kind of um so music has kind of helped me in this way because uh i have been introduced to you know people from different backgrounds through the whole music community and uh, it didn't you know we didn't ask or we didn't need to know where each of us come from and the thing that brought us together was you know creating something in music or stuff like that and then later on as we got to know each other as people and that's how i think you know uh, 
we looked past these you know uh, stereotypes that of course even i've come from um, a muslim family and there are parts although my immediate family is a little different but then there are my extended family does also have you know uh, preconceived notions about other communities mm-hmm. and you know i kind of actively also you know sometimes speak to them and tell them about you know uh, tell them how this these things you know are not helpful and and how i kind of um, tell them about how the the islam i mean the religion of islam itself speaks about how we should uh, be very tolerant of other communities and you know give them their rights and you know be respectful and things like that and you know that kind of works with those people more when they think that it's part of their own uh, belief system sure. to be more uh, you know receptive of others and to make friends uh like for example a beautiful thing that i learned is that our prophet uh, may peace be upon him said that give the most gifts to the person whose door is closest to you okay what does that mean so so your immediate neighbor oh okay so, right uh, yeah so and i live so no matter uh, i live what a, your neighbor's identity you are yeah. okay Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you you're supposed to give the most gifts to your immediate neighbor. And so I I live in a place where we are the only Muslim family. So we so as Muslims we are supposed to keep good uh, and cordial terms with our immediate neighbors who are Hindus like right next door. And I think this kind of stuff really and and I'm sure even I of course I have read uh, of course even in the Hindu community it's very important to you know be peaceful and it's all like there's 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 a lot of emphasis on being calm from within and peaceful and tolerant and these things really matter to people because people like to wear their religions on their sleeves and mm-hmm. you know a lot of people like to do that here it's it it's it's kind of fun and uh, to you know tell them that you know you know what this is what you guys are you know supposed to be like and then like oh okay all right they can't cool. disagree with you they <laughs> exactly, exactly yeah exactly. Uh, yeah and i i see same thing to you know people from my own community and this, and, and it's been great that way so the friends that have made a uh, Uh, through music or you know just normally and i like to discuss these things with them also and it kind of um i feel that you know it kind of you know everybody goes home with a little more information than they had before and hopefully you know it can lead to a maybe a more tolerant future for absolutely. like at least a few people yeah absolutely well we we definitely got into some heavy topics there <laughs> but things that are worth talking about you know um so usually we end the podcast by asking you about a funny story that is related to careers because career talk is usually quite uh intense people talk about interviews and jobs and the stress and hectic part of the job world but can you tell us about maybe a behind the scenes story to something related to any of the projects that you've been involved in where things maybe they went really wrong and at the time maybe it wasn't that funny but now looking back you can laugh about it ah oh, there are so many <laughs> <laughs> but, but i'll tell i'll tell you about my first uh, meeting with salman khan and it was oh it that was, should be was, great <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was a disaster so um <clears throat> we were in bombay and we had no idea that we were going to meet salman khan or anything of the sort we were just we went on the show because we we wanted free tickets to go to bombay because we wanted to take part in a rock competition which was happening in another part of bombay and we were poor 
kids then so we so we 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 just we just wanted to go and you know see the city and you know play our own music and we ended up going on a tv show which uh, we we didn't even apply for but then anyway whatever we were called and we were like okay yeah we're getting a free chance to go to bombay let's go so we all of us used to like um at night after dinner we would just chill and you know talk or whatever as bands kids do talk <laughs> 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 so yeah that's so we, that's a good thing about bands you guys get to when things happen it's not just if it's a solo musician maybe they have to just sit there with their thoughts but a band yeah. you guys can just let it out and t- talk to each other yeah 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 and and like it 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 makes the whole situation a lot more funnier <laughs> because because you know different people react in different ways so um so we 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 appeared on tv once and kind it kind of went viral then for that time so everyone was talking about us and you know it came out in the papers and like news channels and stuff like that and we were like you know riding high and we were chilling uh, after our first uh, episode and then suddenly i get a text message from this person who spells terribly like with the- <laughs> oh no <laughs> and uh, uh so i i i'm from a school uh, so the person says that hi my name is sohil uh is are you adil i'm like yeah hi tell me what do you want and uh, we didn't have whatsapp then so it was text messages so mm. the person was using sms language you know with the shortened words mm. and everything and i i don't like to spell like that it's it's just kind of cringe for me and and then um, so that person was saying saying something and i was like and uh, one of my bandmates babla he's from my school so i've known him since childhood so i thought you know i come from a school where a lot of sohails were there so i asked babla do you know a sohail from school he's like yeah must be i know this guy and i was like okay yeah, okay there must be some so i'm like yeah well, what do you want <laughs> and then he was like do you know my brother salman i like do i know sohail whose brother is salman and I'm like no i don't and like oh you don't uh, everybody knows about my brother salman and like dude what are you saying i'm like like who are you and like anyway uh, i think you're getting angry i'm going to see you tomorrow i'm like and i was like I-, i thought it was a prank or something and i was like dude don't disturb me it's late at night why are you messaging me and he was like okay okay no problem and mm, i don't know why i did that whole thing the khan thing <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So yeah and then and I was like you know I I thought it was just you know a prank or something. And then we went on the set the next day and uh, the like the main the, the main person from the the TV show like the director or something the not the director the creative head came running and said that you know did, did Sohail call you? And I was like who is this Sohail that everyone's talking about? And turns out that Sohail was Salman Khan's brother Sohail Khan and he <laughs> Now the everybody knows my brother line makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, and no, he, and he didn't tell me that, that he's predictor. He didn't tell me that he's talking about the Salman Khan and that he is Sohail Khan and I'm like how did Sohail Khan get my number? And uh, the lady like the the uh, the lady she was like um I gave him your number because he wanted to speak to you guys and is you know Salman's interested and he's coming on set today and he wants to meet you guys and I'm like what the hell i was so rude to his brother <laughs> like, i called him back and i was like i'm so sorry he's like hmm, i understand <laughs> and then <clears throat> so so we were like okay we're going to meet salman khan whatever whatever so and uh, we used, we wouldn't sleep a lot at night so we were ve- always sleepy on set 
and we like a bunch of kids we were what, 23 year old kids so we 22 22 year old kids there and we we didn't care about the competition so we used to just you know hang out and speak to the the team and you know we made friends with yeah. everybody so we all fell asleep in the green room all of us at the same time <laughs> and then after that uh, somebody came running and said bhai ne bulaya hai bhai ne bulaya hai they're like, who's this bhai now? <laughs> like, bhai, kon bhai? Like, and we're thinking, you know, is it some bhai, Dinesh bhai, the coordinator, or is it, you know, some bhai, whatever? And we're like, kon bhai, kis kon bhai? Bhai ne bulaya hai, bhai ne bulaya hai, bulaya And like, suddenly these people running and, you know, like fixing us to, to be presented in front of bhai. And, you know, we're, we're made to stand in a line outside and then Salman Khan comes walking and and we're like, oh, okay, that is bhai. And everybody's like, bhai, 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 bhai. <laughs> okay that's what you call him and you know he comes he doesn't say hello nothing the first thing he does is somebody points at me he walks straight up to me directly and he's like what did you say to my brother i'm like shit i'm like it it wasn't me we're a band we were all talking (laughs) like (laughs) oh my god you threw your other bandmates into it oh Oh my God. Yeah, and then everybody, and, and then we saw the whole, you know, how huge Salman Khan is and, you know, and, and the whole thing was funny and, and we didn't understand what was going on and he was suddenly giving us a million offers, none of which, you know, turned out to, you know, be true, but then <laughs> he gave us, so he made us so many offers and it, it was just so strange and we felt so out of place in that situation. Yeah. Oh and then God. they called us, they called us Bhaika Band for a year in Bombay. <laughs> I, I don't think you guys are Pika man. You're better than that. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, I'm I'm glad nothing worked out, and you know we're not permanently associated with with Salman, uh, Khan. with Salman Khan because yeah, he's the star and whatever. But then there's so many controversies around him. Yeah, gotta to say I, I'm not the biggest uh, Salman Khan fan. I but... I don't like him at all. Like at that point of time, it was it was just we were all starstruck because he is that kind of, you know, he has that kind of command and uh, thing over there in that situation, in that industry. But right now, like I wouldn't want to, you know, be associated with him in a personal manner. Yeah. You know, like celebrities annoy me, but then celebrity fans annoy me more because at some (laughs) point there was some story about someone, you know, running over a man on the road and a homeless guy, somebody who like lived on the streets. And one of his fans said, it's not his fault that the man is homeless. The homeless man shouldn't have been on the street. Oh, that's annoying. That's that's, that's the really bad thing to say. And this is, in fact, this case is one of the reasons why I'm glad we're not associated with Salman Khan anymore because we were not very aware of all of this then, back in 2010. And then when it came, uh, when it became like something that people were talking about and and when I learned about the details about everything surrounding the case and how mysterious things happened, I kind of put two and two together and I, I am of the opinion, although there is no official uh, ruling on the matter, yeah. I think that Salman Khan is in the wrong and that uh, I'm glad we are not with him anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Adil, it's been such a good time getting to speak to you. I really hope that, you know, one day I can come back to Kolkata and see you guys perform. In- yes, there's, no- there's nothing like a live concert. I have missed them so much. Um, I, I have actually, missed them so much. Yeah, nothing is the same energy. I mean, I spontaneously got myself some uh, Coachella tickets for next year. Wow. Um, I won them. I didn't. 
I don't know so how. Cool. Uh, I entered like a competition and they picked a couple. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, I don't actually know if I'm going to go because COVID and things like that. Um, yeah. But I just miss live music. I miss the energy of musicians and, you know, the, the work that you guys do, like you, people have jobs for their paychecks and their livelihoods. But I really think musicians are for people's soul. You know, the power of, uh, the power of a good song on a shitty day is very yeah. underrated. Absolutely, um, yeah. And before we close up, can you give us maybe your top five songs that you have been listening oh to? Really quickly, um, you, you might need to check your phone um, to look at your so, playlist. So um, I'm not really actively listening to a lot of music right now. And I haven't been doing that for a few years because... Um, I just, there's, there's been so much information so yeah. I only listen to music that people like make me listen to sometimes so like I recently heard a Dua Lipa song called Levitating and I really liked it yeah Levitating is a good track uh, the new weekend song I don't know what it's called but it's really good um, is, it, um, is it the one that he's done with Ariana is it uh, Save Your Tears Save Your Tears is a nice song. Yes, Save Your Tears is a nice song. Um, I really like the Daft Punk stuff with Weekend. I mean, uh, that song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I Feel It Coming. I Feel It Coming. I really yeah. like that song. Uh, the new Bruno Mars song. Yeah, Leave the Door Open. That's good. Uh, yeah, Leave the Door Open. And um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what that's the music that's new. But then I'm always listening to like older stuff. Um, like, you know, a lot of Iron Maiden is like, it's like my favorite band ever and uh, Megadeth and Guns N' Roses. Like I'm always listening to these uh, bands. Uh, so yeah, that's, yeah. And also I do listen to a lot of my own music. So yeah, the Paloma and Adil's got a new song out. I really like it for some reason. So I keep listening to that's it. Good. We will link it so we can share it with as many people as possible. And yeah, uh, yeah, so I was going to just ask if there were any future things that you wanted people to go and find. So if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? What should they look up? Okay, so they can look up Adil Rashid on Facebook. There's a profile and a page or Adil Rashid official on Instagram because I didn't get only Adil Rashid. And also Adil Rashid is a cricketer, a very famous cricketer. Yeah, I don't want to confuse so the two. <laughs> Yeah, people confuse me with him. Like I get tagged in cricket posts a lot. <laughs> Do you ever get blamed if a team loses? They're like, oh, it's Adil Rashid's fault. <laughs> I'm sure it is somehow. It's my fault. <laughs> you can't help it. <laughs> Adil, thank you so much for such a great conversation. I'm sure that many future musicians listening will find lots of inspiration. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you.